Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, DMC Fins. DMC Fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck and there's a pair of DMC Fins in there. Swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC Fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC Fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins as well as hand paddles and other training aids and use the promotion code OFF THE BLOCKS for a 10% discount at checkout. Australia in four, the United States in five. Welcome once again to the Shannon Rollison podcast for another week. So I introduce the man of the show, the name uh, on the marquee, Mr. Shannon Rollison. Shannon, how are you, mate? Very well, Robbie. Uh, yourself, you're in a new location? Yeah, well, listen, I don't want to like talk it up too much and say it's the off-the-block studios or anything because it's just this little sort of office um, area in, in Rockdale. We've got a little office. Um which is nice. It's good to have a, a space so, you know, my poor daughter and wife don't have to lock themselves in the room while, while we're recording because I never trust Charlie to not come out and throw something or scream or throw a tantrum. So it's nice now to, uh, yeah, to have a space, uh, which is good. And, and while we're talking about it, I wanted to thank Nico from Pro Swim Workouts, who was definitely a major part in helping um, uh, get this, this little office and, and this little setup. So, Nico, you're a good man. Thank you very much. Yeah, I know he does listen each week, so thank you very much to Nico. But what about yourself, Shannon? I see you've got a beanie, you've got a jumper, you've got a jacket. What's happening down there in Canberra? Getting cold, is it? It was a very heavy frost this morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, icy, very icy. Uh, yeah. So anything that, with a bit of water in it froze over, and um, I think it was like minus two or minus three, but... Um, had a real European feel about it. Uh, mm. Everything was quite uh, so like sometimes you get that dry cold of a morning and stuff. Um, but this morning it wasn't like that. There was plenty of um, probably humidity around or whatever. And um, uh, there's a lot of snow falling uh, up in the mountains. So, mm. yeah, well, they need nice. it, don't they? Was haven't I been seeing videos or, or photos of there's not much snow? People are going down for snow trips and just yeah, that was a week ago. Oh well, okay, so it's it's looking yeah, a bit so more like, bright. One one night overnight they had twenty one centimeters. So um, um, no, so it's it's uh, it, definitely a proper winter this year. Uh, so things are on the things are on the improve down there in the snow fields and completely opposite to to the cold and the snow is is today's topic, which is we're going to look back. I can't believe it's like 20 years ago, and I'm sure for you, you probably think, bloody hell, 20 years ago, it doesn't seem that, because you were there. We're going to talk about the 2003 World Champs from Barcelona. Um, obviously, as I said, the 20-year anniversary, we've got um, Fukuoka coming up. So I thought, what a, what a better time than to have a chat about it. And for you, Shannon, if I'm not mistaken, this was your first long course World Championships as a coach as well on the Australian team. Yeah, that's right, Robbie. Um I do my research, your- Shannon. I'm diligent. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I called you on the way over and double checked one of the two. <laughs> no, that, that was my first um, 
I, I went to World Short Course in 97, but um, long course, it was my four, first world. I had uh, two swimmers at, in 01 at the World Champs, which was Julia Hamm and Jody Henry. And then in 03, I had uh, Jody Henry, Alice Mills and Mel Horton, uh, who's in the re- she was in the relay for the 4x2. Um, uh, Alice was swimming the fifth, individually in the 50 free and the 100, uh, sorry, the 200 IM. And Jody's individual race was the 100 free. Uh, both girls were in the 4 by one And uh, whoever was the fastest um, for that 100 spot uh, would have got the medley gig. So, uh, which just happened to be Jode in the end. So she she was in the medley relay as well. Mm. All up um, uh, as a group, they won seven medals. Um, so it was a very good worlds for me. Um, anytime that there's a world champs in Barcelona, I'll put my hand up. Uh, it's been a good stomping ground. Mm. Uh, 2013, I had a great world champs there as, as well. So fond memories. So I was going to say to you, I've um, been fortunate enough to be in Barcelona, not for any coaching purposes, just because I, I was we we're on a honeymoon. So and it was a great, uh, great city and a great spot. Did you do you enjoy the the city itself? Yeah, immensely. Um, like I said, I've been there twice for world champs, uh, but all up, I mean, off the top of my head, if someone said, "Oh, you've been there eight times or ten times," it wouldn't surprise me. Um, Obviously, uh, well, Man Ostrom's I'm a big fan of, and uh, Barcelona is a stalwart of the Man Ostrom's. So, um, and I think I've been to 14 Man Ostrom's, so maybe I've been to Barcelona 16 times. Um, mm. yeah, so I love the Ramblers, love the food, uh, love the whole uh ethos of, of of um, um, the way they live there, and uh, yeah, it's just really good. Got, got some great if you're ever in in, in Barcelona. There's this little um, uh, restaurant uh, called La Clara. And uh, if you're in Barcelona, highly recommend it. Um, uh, We found it in 03 um, and uh, had great food, um, may have had the odd beer or wine, (laughs) um, and um, went back there. Whenever I'm in Barcelona, I always go there. Uh, took Elle there in 2010, I think. She, well, 2010 or 2011. Um, went there with the Danes uh, when we celebrated Rega's world record and uh, found this little restaurant um, that doesn't look as big as it is uh, and it's got this big downstairs area and um, just fantastic, yeah. It's a lot of places like that, isn't there? That like they're quite a hidden gems. Yeah, you don't really know what you're walking into till you walk in. You're like, oh wow, this is. <laughs> you know, I was just stumbling in just to check it out, and you know, I'm glad I did. There's a lot of places like that. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more with Barcelona. It's a great town, great people, a great city. There's lots of things to do there. There's plenty of drinks, plenty of food. Um, did you get to swim much there? Because I, I would, we did a little bit of swimming at the beach, but the water was so warm. So warm. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, I can't say. I'll have to go back just to have a swim in the beach. Yeah, yeah, go on, go on. Just take Earls, just go back, have a swim. Yeah, you'll be still like, I was I was surprised how warm it is. Um, but, you know, it, it was it was beautiful. It was great. And, and as I said, Been to the zoo. Yeah, oh, to did, the zoo. You? did yeah, you? In 03. They had yep. a white gorilla. Oh, a white gorilla. Mm. Yeah, it was the only one in, in captivity or whatever. Uh, a few years later, it died, and the person I went with uh, let me know that. So, uh, oh. but yeah, no, nah, um, the zoo's pretty good. I've heard the yeah. beach is good. <laughs> a few things on the beach. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's plenty to see on the beach in Barcelona. Don't you worry about that. Uh, yeah, no. Gets a, a newly married man in big trouble. That's for sure. But um, <laughs> no, you know, it's a great year. I, I do want to go back for sure when when we get time to travel again. Spain, Portugal, but yeah, Barcelona was brilliant. Um, I, I'm interested. This is, as you said, your first sort of world champs long course. Um, so I'm assuming this is sort of your first big. Well, the short course isn't as big or, or the other ones aren't, but this is sort of your, your big A-grade meet. It, did, yeah. did you feel uh, comfortable in, in that environment straight away? Did it, it? Did you learn a lot out of this particular world champs that you took on to, uh, you know, experiences down the road? Yeah, I mean, it, it helped me uh, immensely 
um, for what was to come over the next few years. But, um, yeah, I, there's no way I was re really ready. And um, uh, I, I knew it was going to be bigger than, than, you know, the Commonwealth Games from the year before and the Pan Packs. Uh, but I remember walking in and um, they did it in the basketball stadium. So it was one of those drop-in pools. Yeah, you love and, those. Yeah, it's fantastic crowd, you know, because yeah. it's right above the pool, uh, almost over it. And um, uh, But I, I still got the picture in my head of just all the flags, you know, from all the participating countries. And, and I remember walking in going, oh, this is bigger than I thought, you know. Mm. So, um, so it was sort of jumping in at the deep end, so to speak. And uh, um, but... We, there was a few things different on that team. Um, we had a head men's and a head women's coach, uh, and then Greg Hodge was the head coach. Uh, we were for the second time in single finger. So um, that period, I, I think um, still to this day, is probably one of the best setups we've ever had uh, in an Olympiad, whereas we uh, Greg Hodge sort of did a deal with... Um, the Marriott in a place called Singelfingen in Germany. And each year we went back to this town. Now, a few of the swimmers um, weren't too crash hot on that, but I think it really helped us um, for the, the Athens Olympics. Mm. And each time we went back to Singelfingen, we got more comfortable. Um, uh, we knew where to go, all that sort of thing. And uh, it, it became a sort of a second home um, in a staging sense. Um, and Singelfingen uh, is a small town in Germany, but it's got a massive, massive um, uh, car company where they build cars, and it's uh, Mercedes. Mm. So um, the car factory, uh, we did a tour. It's so big. I was going to say, you would have done a tour for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so big, it's got its own McDonald's, mm. its own train station, and hospital. That's wow. how big it is. That is big. Its own McDonald's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but um, yeah, and and we had a, we did a few different things. Like it was the first meet where it was a rule you didn't have to be in the grandstand every second of the day, mm. uh, and there was people for that, and there was people against it. I was in the four camp yep. because uh, I had swimmers swimming at the back end of the meet. Um, a lot of the fifties were at the back end of the meet. Um, uh, and I think it was the first Worlds where 50 form strokes were in. Um, I may be incorrect with that, but we certainly had a lot of... Well, they were in. Yeah, I don't know if it was the first one or not, but I can see here that they were. Yeah, that because um, Matt Welsh broke the world record in the 50 fly. Um, yeah, couldn't he sprint, Matt Welsh? He's underwater. Yeah. God damn. And um, we did really well as, as a nation in the 50s at that meet. Um yeah, so there was some touring and throwing, and 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 the, that rule was sort of being argued over while we're in Germany in the staging camp. But it was a well, we'll see if it works. Type, um, we'll do it here, and uh, we won't promise anything for the future. Yeah, but we had great success uh, in the sprint events at that meet, and it was a real um, coming out meet for um, women's, you know, female sprinting uh, on the world stage. Um, and uh, Alice, you know, finished second to Inga de Bruyne in the 53. Mm. Um, uh, Libby, Len uh, Libby Lenton at the time, uh, her maiden name, uh, was bronze in that race, so second and third on the dice. Uh, the relay team didn't win, but they came second to America and gave them a bit of a scare. Mm. Um, and I think that was our first world championship medal in that event. It may have been ever. Um, it certainly was the first time Australia had ever medaled in a 53 females um, from both Alice and, and Libby. Uh, and, yeah, so the, uh, probably the first medal at a Worlds or Olympics since the 60s, you know, mm -hmm. so... Um, um, Sign of things to come for the, for the following year, wasn't it? But uh, just as you mentioned yeah. that, uh, I can see here it was very, very close. So America, 338-0. Uh, Germany actually got second, 338-7, and Australia got third, 338-8-3. So yeah. there was not really much in between first and third. It would have been, must have been a close finish. Um, 
and uh, and it was a an Oceana record. I'm, I'm assuming OC. What's that mean? What's OC? Yeah, be Oceana. Yeah. Um, so no, you, you're absolutely right, and that's what I guess my next question was going to lead into. So this is your first. Um, as I said, I don't want to keep downgrading the other ones, but you've been to the Commonwealth Games and you've been, as you said, to Pampax. But this is, other than the Olympics, this is pretty much the biggest event, long course world championships, isn't it? So oh, for yourself with the, with the girls coming in to there, were, were they nervous about that? Um, is there stuff that, as I said, as a coach, you learnt yourself in terms of um, things you might've got right or got wrong in terms of, you know, keeping, keeping them nice and calm or keeping them chilled out or, or that sort of stuff because it's another step up like you know we talked about it was a step up for you i guess to that next level but for them as well this is other than the the next year with the olympics that we know is coming this is probably the biggest moment of their swimming career so far yeah absolutely and, and they handled themselves fantastically um yeah the year before uh we did three or four of the man ostrom races uh we did the Commonwealth Games and we did the Pan Pack. So they had a lot of international racing that year prior to 03. No, they were really committed, all all three girls. And and actually I've probably told the story before. I had a, a group of six that um were all extremely committed. Um and um they uh so so they went, um, there may have been a little bit of naivety, you know, particularly with maybe Alice, like she didn't realise how big it was and just waltzed in and um, and off she went. And, you know, she got second to um, Inga de Bruin. Uh, she got second in the medley to, and uh, that was to Jana Kochkova, who was the Olympic champion in 2000 and 2004. Yeah, she um, and Yana won the four hundred medley too from Ukraine. Yeah, so um, and uh, the Alice it had unbelievable freestyle split. It was twenty nine seconds of the last fifty. Oof. Uh, which at the time it was either the fastest or second fastest split ever, and it still stands up today. Yeah, and I think the Australian record was like two fourteen from memory, but yeah. Alice went two twelve, broke the Commonwealth record. Yeah. Um, it was a massive swim. Um, and, and at that stage, um, it was funny. Um, I, yeah, the pool, the, the warm up pool was quite a way away from the, uh, the comp pool. And I was running to get back for the race for the 200 IM. And it was early in the week. And, um, this is how we ended up finding, you know, the restaurant La Clara because, um, <laughs> It was the first medal and, and uh, Dennis Cottrell, um, Ian Pope uh, and Greg Salter. You know, we went out um, to celebrate the moment, so to speak. And um, we uh, – so anyway, so I was running back so I wouldn't miss the race. And Australia was um, probably somewhere around about the 25-metre mark, but I wasn't going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up in this um, standing over the start and um, I was on my, you know, it was me, no one else around, up and right up in the bleachers. And um, so I watched the race from above. And um, anyway, so the race finished. Alice swam really well, get second. I go around to the, um, uh, to, to the team and everything, and all the coaches are there and they were high-fiving me and I said, you know, we didn't have a medley swimmer for a while, for a, few, a number of years, um, probably since Ali Overton. And mm. um, I said, who said there was a, you know, a medley problem? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, so off off we were, off I was, you know, um, oh, the, these worlds, they're not such a big deal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the next race, I can't remember what it was, and I was with the team and, um I wouldn't think I was really superstitious, but I was with the team and uh, whoever swam next didn't swim that well. Yeah, And I thought, hmm, maybe it's because I'm sitting with the team. Maybe I should go back to that spot. I went back to that spot. Yeah. Jody or the relay or someone, someone won another medal. 
No, <laughs> I'm going to stand here all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the meet, I didn't move from that spot. <laughs> Shannon and his superstitions. <laughs> it no, can no, be funny like, like that. In the team. <laughs> That's so. funny. That is funny. Um, do you, who, who were you staying with um, through that World Champs in Barcelona? Who was your roommate? Uh, Greg Salter. Yeah. So, um, so uh, I was quizzing him on backstroke and all that sort of stuff. And it wasn't my first time room with, with Greg, but um, Greg and I roomed together for oh, quite a bit actually. Um, between um, 02 and 08. So, so yeah, fun memories. Good guy. Speaking of sort of roommates and, and stuff like that, for your athletes, obviously when they go on an Australian team, um, you know, you, you get put with, I don't know how it all works, but, you know, you get how if there's one or two, I think, and depending on, pardon me, what the, the rooms are like at Olympic Games, I think in Tokyo there was a few in, in each room, up to maybe four yeah. uh, in certain rooms. Um, have you ever had, not that, you know, we're looking for dirt and I don't want you to name names, but have you ever had any athletes that were roomed with people that maybe they, you know, that person had um, annoyances or things that got on your, your swimmer's nerves or not in a bad way, but like, as I've said to you before, if I'm rooming with someone, I know very well someone's going to be annoyed that I want the air conditioning on, I want the TV on, I want all these yeah. things. Have you ever had that experience that you've had to talk to to Jody or Alice or, or whoever it might have been and say, look, all right, don't stress yourself if, if they do this, this is – because, like, you know, we, it sounds like it would be easy, right? Oh, you're just rooming with someone. But yeah. if your nerves – if you're on edge because something's coming up and then someone's, as I said, got the TV on when you normally have peace and quiet, I can assume that uh, it would get to you a little bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it was something, you know, we looked into quite a bit um, – and just because you're best mates with somebody um, doesn't mean you can room with them because um, mm. you room with them for like three weeks. Yeah, that's and what I mean. I'm not looking for, oh, I didn't like that girl, so I didn't want to go with her. It's more like, yeah, you're, you're stuck. It's like if you get flicked in the face once every three weeks, you probably go, oh, well, that's all right. If you keep getting flicked in the face all the time, eventually it doesn't matter if it's your mum, your brother, whoever, you're probably going to throw a hand. Yeah, and, you know, like if, if you – uh, a stickler for being on time and um, you, your roomie's always late, well, those things are just going to end up in tears. Mm. Um, the, uh, uh, you know, from a coach's point of view, if you're rooming with someone who snores, we don't want to be doing with that. You know, you love them during the day and hate them at night. I'm out again. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and that's how Greg and I uh, started rooming together in 02 because uh, we both didn't snore, so, we, you know, we were good. <laughs> so that's how that came about um, because, you know, there's been some legendary snorers over, over the years. Um, I imagine. And, you know, as a coach, you need your sleep. Um, so uh, it's all pretty important, all, all of that side of things. So if you're not thinking about it, make sure you do and just remember, you know, just because the swimmers thinks that they're best mates with somebody, um, that, that friendship can end in tears after three weeks. So um, you want to, you want someone compatible, you know, someone who, you know, if, if you like going to bed at nine and someone else doesn't like going to bed until 11, well, you've got a problem. So you've got to think of all those things. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. It's something that I, I guess not until you're in that moment that it starts to become a sort of an afterthought, isn't it? Especially um, for, for athletes or coaches who might not have been on too many teams or especially, as you said, three weeks. I mean, a couple of nights and a weekend away is one thing, but three weeks with someone is is quite a lot. So, yeah, um, yeah no, that's, that's, that's why I brought it up. Um, in terms of, as you said, um, sprinting in, in Australia and this was sort of the, the time where the girls were really starting to um, show that they're on that trajectory um, it, you know what what do you attribute to that obviously for yourself I know you know looking at your program you'd set your goals you set your plans you've started reverse periodization um, was this something where the Australian uh, swimming Australia started to get a little bit behind that too or do you think it was a few coaches like yourself that was sort of breaking the mold because up until that point it was all about distance swimming right and middle distance yeah. that was all the the fanfare you know where the best 1500 
country uh, in the world and, and you've got these 400 and 200 specialists, especially in the men's with uh, Thorpe and, and Hackett. Um, you know, what, what, yeah, what do you attribute to, to that change? Was it just a couple of people? And you don't need to pump your own tyres up here, but they just thought differently and wanted to break the mould or were, were people starting to get around uh, a different way of thinking? Uh, yeah, well, um, from my point of view, you know, it had been a couple of years already in the making. Mm. Um, and then I remember, uh, I think I, I heard Libby Lenton doing an interview or something, and uh, it was 2002, uh, and she was watching the girls at the Commonwealth Games win. So, um, and those four girls were Alice Mills, Jody Henry, Sarah Ryan, and Patria Thomas. And, you know, so um, she wanted to be part of it. And um, so in 2001, um, I had two coaches sort of laugh at me, two prominent coaches, which I won't mention, but yeah. just, <laughs> you know, put him in a hospital. Um, yeah. Uh, when I said, you know, this is what we were, we were going to try and achieve. Yeah. Uh, O2 people were like oh yeah, um, and then the, you know there was there was a lot of backwards and forwards and uh, people you know were saying that okay well O2 you know they've, they've moved a little bit but it won't last because I was doing things that were flying in the face of the norm mm. and there was some coaches that didn't really want that to, you know because they're preaching this way. And here's this young guy going, no, I think he's wrong. We're going to do this. And um, so, you know, I've, got, I've still got the, the newspaper articles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, the, uh, but by 03, then people really started going, oh, okay, this is moving. And um, we're either going to jump on board or, or get left behind. So um, yeah. I, I think 03 was the year that, that people started, really started to believe. A and, you know, we'd had two years of momentum by that stage, you know, and I, I did a talk once about um, trying, once you create momentum, it's hard to stop, you know, and, you know, does, I don't think it matters what sport you're doing or what you're trying to achieve. You want momentum on your side. Mm. So, Hey, good point, Shannon. Um, I, I like, you know, I guess talking about that just even in general for the coaches listening, not everyone can always relate to the things I talk to you about because not everyone's been to those sort of heights and moments. But in terms of trying to create change and look at things differently and, and saying something that not everyone is on the same page with, but as you said, believing in it um, so strongly that you, you just sort of keep pushing forward, you know, what's your sort of advice to those? Because, you know, everyone's, you know, we're all in – depending on what level you're at, you might be trying to create change just in your own club, right? You might be trying to yeah. create change in, in your area and district or in your state, for example, which is quite a big topic for all of us. <laughs> you know, depending on what time we're like, oh, how are we going to create change? How are we going to do this? And quite often you might be that minority voice in the room. How important is it to, you know, believe in what you're, you're saying and stick to your guns and not be sort of swayed by you know, as you said, the naysayers. Because if you if you had done that when you first came up with this plan, who's to say that two thousand and three and two thousand and four go the way they go, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, like for me, I was I just wanted to be different, um, and yeah, you know, I'd spent a couple of years in the nineties doing, you know, what I'd done as a swimmer, and you know, just going along and building up, but I I just didn't have enough patience, um, wanted to get there quicker. I uh, wanted to do something different, but yeah, at that stage didn't really know um, what I what I wanted to do. I was looking at other sports, but um, my, my whole ethos was, well, if I just do the same as everybody, then I've, I've got to rely on that my swimmers have just got more talent than the others. So, yeah. but if I if we if we can find a different path, who knows? It might be, you know. A shortcut, so to speak. Mm. Um, but if you, everybody just keeps travelling on the same path, no one finds anything new. So, I, I, 
you know, at that stage, when I, you know, that I'm talking about looking at um, different things, uh, the only way I was try- being different was dressing at states in black, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd just turn up in black jeans, uh, black Doc Martens, a black shirt. Um, I think one year I even dyed my hair black. But, um, Did you? Yeah, that, that had more to do with a girlfriend, I think. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm very surprised, Shannon, because, you know, I think it might have been last year's state I wore a singlet just to be you know, part of the team, and you looked at me and said, what are you doing? What, what is happening? So I'm very surprised to hear that, that a young Shannon was dressing very differently too. And I didn't even think the singlet was that bad, but you started a trend too because then every coach started coming over and saying, what are you wearing that for? So, yeah, I'm very surprised to hear that, Shannon. Ah, oh dear. Yeah, I remember saying that. Today's episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Arena Australia. Arena are the very best swimming brand in the business, whether you're after the best race suits, racing training goggles, training aids, or even team gear for your clubs. Arena Australia are the way to go. If you don't believe me, just look up on the blocks at the finals of most events at either nationals or international events, and you'll see the Arena logo front and center on the fastest swimmers' race suits. They just are the best. Head over to arenaswimming.com.au right now for all the latest sales and discounts and let them know that Off The Block Swimming Podcast sent you. Um, <laughs> the, um, but, yeah, so I, um, yeah, I, I just think, you know, I think, you know, Dean Boxall's trying to do it, isn't he? Laurie Lawrence did it. Um, the, uh, yeah, we, we need a bit of difference. Um, and you're not always going to get everything right, but... Um, what I do think is whatever you do, you have to really believe in it. Like, like there was a lot of selling going on, you know. So, uh, and and I'd be selling it, and then I'd walk away going, "Oh, this bit of work." <laughs> <laughs> Even if you are doubting, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, so, but one of the things that I could sell was that we were doing something different. Yeah. A- and. And I think some of yeah, you know, some of my swimmers really got strength from that. So um the uh so so you know, I think you know, there's always gonna be doubt. Mm. Yeah, we're we've all you know, we're all just mm, I think this, but um but you gotta pick a path and and go for it. And um there'll be bumps along the way, but you've just gotta stay strong and, and see it out to the end. Yeah, 100%. And I think, uh, you know, I guess the reason why I bring it up is because there's a lot of people out there that, you know, would be trying to get these things and ideas and things pushed through, but would be feeling like they're banging their head against the brick wall. And, you know, they just keep banging their head against the brick wall. And one thing that I've noticed over time is you never just knock the wall down with one headbutt. You only start to knock out little brick by brick at a time. And then you've just got to, unfortunately, sometimes it's not as easy as just walking through, is it? You've sort Mm. of got to sort of push your way through a little bit and eventually you get you get to where you want because as you said you you believe in what is right way more than they think you're wrong um mate in terms of the swimming there uh over in barcelona you know we're famously on this podcast i've always assumed that you were there for the big moments in swimming history and then i find out you know you were getting rates over in the warm-up pool so were, were there any events or or any um thing that stood out to you outside of your own swimmers um and and events over in barcelona in 2003 alex popov in, in two words you know i think they were his his world championships um I remember the a couple of standouts, the men's hundred butterfly. I think there was three world records from three different people uh, in the heat, the semi, and the final, um, or maybe it was the two semis and, and the final. But it was definitely three mm, with um, Phelps and Ian Crocker. Yeah, and there was this Ukrainian guy, I think. Yeah, Andre Serdinov. Yeah, yeah. That's not from my memory. I'm looking at Wikipedia at the moment just so people don't think I'm that clever. I think sometimes oh, people assume I'm way smarter than I actually am. <laughs> it, was all right. it was three, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. So um, Andre Serdanov went 51-5. He did a European record. Yeah. Um, that was in the final. So um, Phelps went 51-1 um, and Crocker went a world record, 50.98 to win. Yeah. yeah. So that was the first time anyone had broken 51 uh, seconds. So... You know, yeah, Crocker, he was an awesome swimmer. 
And um, well, it shows how good Matt Welsh was going. You mentioned, and Matt Welsh did win the fifty fly, twenty three four three. He won a world record. So you you're in good company if you beat Neil Crocker, who's who's clearly in form. Yeah, you know there, there was obviously some good some good racing going on here. Yeah, yeah, uh, and obviously, um, you know, Australia had a very good world champs there, which um, led into the next Olympics. Um, but Alex Popov, you know, he won the fifty and the hundred, um, and uh, you know he, what he he won. He won uh, what Barcelona in '92, so obviously a bit like myself, Barcelona was a good team. So yeah. um, he won the fifteen hundred in nineteen ninety-two, and eleven years later, so just a dominant reign, wasn't it? From uh, a fantastic champion. Well, it's a good time to be a, a swimming fan, especially if you like sort of men's, you know, um, spread from fifty hundred to two hundred, even to the four, because you look at. Who's racing here? And this is Popoff versus Van den Hugenbeen versus Thorpe uh, in the in the hundred in the two. So Thorpe got a, a silver medal. Uh, sorry, a bronze medal in the hundred, which I don't think you know. Everyone probably, if you said, "Oh, Thorpe won a bronze medal," you know, they probably wouldn't have thought that. Um, but he, he could obviously still sprint. So the two hundred, he won. But Van den Hugenbeen, Grant Hackett. Then you go to the four with Hackett and Thorpe. And um, so in terms of swimming fandom, if you, if you're a fan of especially men's uh, racing at that time because as we said the women are starting to get to that level right they're starting yeah. to to match you've had your your Inga de Bruins and your Jenny Thompson's but now now um you know Jody and Libby and Alice are coming through so now that's going to get there probably the next year but um absolutely as you said um and Alex Popoff I think if most people think about men's sprinting he's probably one of the first names in terms of the highlight the go-to isn't it if you want to look yeah. at, you know, men sprinting. Yeah, just a great guy, you know, like, as I said, um, it was before the race. And I think one of the re real reasons I, I made sure I, I watched it um, was because he, yeah, he was getting ready, and I can't remember whether it was the 50 or the 100, but he knew I'd had, you know, and, and I didn't know him immensely well. I knew him to say good day, doing stuff like that, but, whether Gennady had said something or he just identified because, you know, he trained at the AIS in Canberra and um, he came over, he came out of his way, came over uh, and said all the best tonight. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, you know, and then walked back, you know, um, and continued getting ready for his, his swim. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't have anyone on the Australian swim team do that. He's on the Russian team. Yeah, and he did that. I, I just think that's that just sums up Alex Popov. Um, he 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 would win, and he he would win with class. You know, so mm. um, yeah. The funny thing was, the following year he didn't make the Olympic final, uh, which was real like that, that was a bit of a shock, you know. If, so you've gone from double world champion, so. Yeah, you know, he would have been thirty-two going on thirty-three. So, you know, it's it's funny what what a year can do. Probably at that age, maybe you know. So, yeah, well, you, yeah, you, we obviously know that the next year uh, in in Athens, yeah, I guess the the game steps up a little bit and don't necessarily. I, I can't remember his you know his results in terms of how fast he swam. Do you remember? Was it a matter of he went back a little bit, or they just moved forward a little bit? Um, well, I, I, no, I don't think there was so much of a moving forward. Um, Roland Schumann came up, um, and there might have been a couple other people, but yeah, Peter didn't go any faster, uh, I don't think. Um, so I just think there was a bit of a changing of, of the dice, and 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 uh, uh, well, that would have been Alex's fourth Olympic game, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, definitely a champion. As I said, he <laughs> for most coaches, I think when you, especially from that era and that time, and um, not some of the coaches and swimmers these days. I say bloody Susie O'Neill, and thought my swimmers go who, which is just ridiculous. Um, so, but but you know, swimmers, coaches of of even my era, and then you know older, 
I think still hold Alex Popoff as, as one of the standards of when you're looking at male sprinting and technique and form and holding water and efficiency and all that sort of stuff. Um, I still marvel when I have a look at that. Um, what, what else sort of caught your eye over there? Um, obviously, just a question randomly because I'm just looking at this. Hannah Maria Sapala. She yeah. won the 100 freestyle. What can you tell me about her? That's a name that doesn't really stand out to me or in my memory at all. Obviously, you were there. Do you know much about her? Did she go on to, to do good things or was she? I mean, this yeah. is she, she won the world champ, so she's obviously a, a gun. Yeah, yeah. So she, uh, I think she's about the same age as Jodie, actually. So she's from Finland. Yeah. Um, and she sort of started swimming well in 02, um, and then she wins the world champs in 03. Funny funny story with Hannah Maria. She ended up um, doing a, a fair bit of a preparation with me for um, uh, the Beijing Olympics. Okay. Um, and she didn't final in uh, Athens from memory. Um, but I think she was like fourth or fifth in Beijing. Mm. Um Lovely person, uh, really diligent trainer. Uh, she trained with me when I was in Denmark as well uh, for periods of time uh, and and went to Rio as well. Um, so she was around, you know, I think she did four or five Olympics um, and uh, very good friends with um, some of the Formula One paddock. Okay. So I've got two caps, one a Ferrari cap mm. with a, a signature from Kimi Raikkonen, um, mm. and the other one was Lewis Hamilton, so it's a McLaren cap, and it's just her thanking me, and and uh, I've got it, I've still got it, um, nice letter and everything like that, and uh, those two caps signed by those two guys because she knew I liked Formula One, and her being uh, Finnish, and um, you know they've got some great drivers, so she was, um, you know, used to move around the F1 paddock scenes. Mm. Oh, there you go. See, how good's that? I had no idea when I was going to say Hannah Maria. I just kept looking. I'm like, I don't know this Hannah Maria that well. Like, I've never, so I just thought, I'm going to throw that out there. And there you go. We've got yeah. background and stories and, and connections. I love it. Um, yeah. She before, would come out AIS and train with us. And um, nice. Great part, great part of that prep as well. Um, I, I guess we're going to move into it in a second because um, the back end of this podcast, we're just going to talk a little bit about the US trials and some of the results and then moving, obviously, what that looks like for world champs this year. And um, But, you, you know, you mentioned there Hannah Maria maybe didn't do as well the next year in, in Athens and we talked about Alex um, Popoff obviously didn't do as well at Athens. Um, you, you know, is that common, I guess, to be winning the world champs but then maybe not? you know, progress at least into a final the next year is what sort of goes into that? Is that a mental thing, a physical thing? I mean, there's many different ways, well, to, you know, obviously there's it, lots of different things that go into it, but yeah, that's just, right. Yeah. do you see this a bit? Yeah. Um, it probably goes on more than I think. Um, I only notice it when it sort of may affect someone I'm training and mm. coaching. Um, and I've certainly had plenty of people who have meddled um, at the world's you know, the Olympics before um, and and not medaled uh, uh, at the, you know, the game. So, like, Alice, Alice finished ninth um, in, at the Olympics uh, in the 200 AM. Um, so, uh, Blinda Hocking had won medals individually, uh, you know, got second to uh, Missy Franklin's, uh, Missy Franklin in, in 2011, um, and then in 2012, missed the final, finished ninth uh, in the 200 back. Finaled in in her finaled in PB in the 100 back. Um, so I think there is a bit of a pressure thing. Um, I also I'm a yeah like for for Jody, you know, winning the worlds in 03. Yeah, I would have rather like second was perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think. Some of the, sometimes obviously you can just have a bad prep. You know, it could be from injury, and who knows what's going on um, with people. Um, that being the world champion, I think uh, you know can play on people's minds going into that Olympics, being the number one. 
But I, I'm a big believer that I think there's certain personality types that deal with an Olympic Games better than a world's. The biggest difference for me between a world champs and Olympics is, you know, you talked about it, you know, Olympic Games, you're in a pod and you're rooming with a, a group of people. At a world champs, you're in a hotel and you're rooming with one person. Yeah. So there's the biggest difference. Um you're at the Olympic Games, you you know, there's 10,000 people in a village, there's umpteen number of sports, um, yeah, walking, a lot more walking at the Olympics. There's, it's much more chaotic. Mm. World champs, it's just the water events, you know, you catch an elevator downstairs, <laughs> you eat at the bottom at the restaurant and you walk through the foyer, jump on a bus and off you go. Yeah. Um, the only time it can get chaotic is if your coach tells you the wrong time for your event. <laughs> and I have done that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I think, um, yeah, those that can can deal with the unknown uh, can perform better in Olympic Games. Um, and I, I think I've had a few um, swimmers that are very diligent, very good, good at the black and white and have struggled in that gray area mm. um so yeah well obviously you know alec popoff i mean we mentioned him in that he, he's sort of um sort of a little that, bit yeah, that, that, yeah, been yeah, yeah that, that that's not for him but it just as we do we just sort of doubled up on a couple of winners here at world champs that maybe didn't follow on so that sort of piqued my question we see it quite a bit and as i said it sort of brings me on to um you know our next topic but before I tie a bow in this, 2003 World Champs Barcelona, obviously a big thumbs up for you. What what stands out the most? If you you know we, when I text you this morning and said this is what we're going to have a chat about today, what's sort of that first or lasting memory of that event for you? Oh, uh, for me, other than that little place that you found. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, well, just for me, um, yeah, World Champs is always big on my my bucket list um and uh so uh, they had great medals so that the, the metal uh had water in it in the center bit so nice yeah very 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 neat medals uh and just just the performances of my guys really um yeah i'll never forget that so you never forget your first yeah big breakthrough so mm. stand up the stands watching eh yep yep <laughs> Um, yeah, that brings me on to obviously what we were going to sort of deviate to, which is uh, US trials at the moment for the world champs. And um, a few things sort of stuck out to to me um, and, and I just wanted to throw it out there. So Katie Ledecky going 807, um, third fastest of all time behind herself twice. So, so she's, she's, she's in, in sort of clear air there. That's pretty fast though. Um, is that something... Is that a warning shot, do you think, to, to competitors um, that are, are going to be racing in Japan in a few weeks? Well, yeah, you know, you'll have to bring your A game, but really, you know, you don't go to Worlds without bringing it. So, um, but, um, yeah, she's, she's been doing really well, isn't she? Like, uh, you know, she's certainly not um, fading. Uh, so 807 uh what are what are the, our best guys doing at the moment 815 or something oh now you're testing me now you're testing me let me have a quick look back here um obviously i i think it's not a shock to anyone that katie ledeck is swimming fast as i said the only person that swam faster than this is herself twice yeah. so it's not a shock to anyone but i guess obviously we we looked at tokyo and and how ariane sort of toppled her um, in, in that 400, especially that was sort of the event that I guess we sort of look back on. And then you got Summer Macintosh coming through. So I think this was for, for many people, just a, a way to look and go, oh, oh Katie's she's, she's not, as you said, she's not going away. She's no. not fading quietly into the night with these young, you know, swimmers coming over the top. Um, anyone you're gonna that, have to beat her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, she's not, she's not giving in, that's for sure um apologies to people i'm just trying to find someone in there's probably sitting there already knows 
what they went in the finals and uh, well done to you guys. Me, not so much. Um, oh, bloody hell. I can't find it. I'll have to have a look, but you probably, what did you say? 8.15. Yeah, there's something like 8.15, 8.17, Vani. Is that where she's at? So, something anyway. around that, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, that, 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 I guess that's what brings me on to my next question is, um, that sort of a warning shot in that time, Shannon of 807, does that make you a little bit more intrigued for the 400 in, in Fukuoka in terms of if, if Katie's on fire, Ariane's in there, Summer McIntosh? Um, and then as you, we've just talked about the world champs versus Olympics, is this a preview to, to Paris or could we probably read too much into what happens in two weeks' time in that race, if that makes sense? Oh, no, I think it's definitely a preview. Um, doesn't mean what happens this year will be the same next year, though. Um, so I think you just, you know, uh, you enjoy the world championship race for what it will be. Um, and, yeah, people will probably try to read into what will happen in 12 months' time, but 12 months is a long time. A lot can go right and a lot can go wrong. So, um yeah. Eight fifteen. I found it. By the way, we managed to. I managed to find it because yeah. it was in the heats, not in the finals on the program. It was. It was in under the heats. Ah, uh, yeah. Ariane went eight fifteen actually, so it's a little bit off her best. Um, I think she goes. I think she goes around eight twelve to eight ten. Around yeah. that, I might be wrong. Someone, someone will correct me. I think she's a little bit quicker than that, just off memory. <clears throat> Pardon me, but yeah, no, you're right. I, yeah. It's just sort of what piqued uh, my interest more, not so much in that 800, but then obviously coming down to those premier events where I think everyone sort of similar to what we just talked about with the with the men's back in the day in 2003, where you had the distance swimmers with the sprinters all coming together into that big, you know, even yeah. you look at um, Athens when Phelps, Hackett, Thorpe, Vanderduke and Ben, like everyone sort of converging together. Um, brings me to my next one, uh, Kate Douglas, 52.57 um in the 100 free um obviously we've got a, a few girls going 52s as well but that's pretty quick isn't she a breaststroker oh she might be i don't know she, she went 52.57 so she might be if she's a breaststroker and she can do that in freestyle then she surely she's doing medley <laughs> <laughs> unless she backstrokes like a turtle <laughs> i've got a few of those <laughs> yeah i got one <laughs> But yeah, uh, no, that's pretty quick. Yeah, that that's uh, quick for an American. Mm. So, um, the uh, yeah, so uh, I'm sure that's it. Have to be the same, Kate Douglas. Surely it can't be two Kate Douglases. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't um, clicked on. Uh, they started. Was it yesterday? They started the 26th, or did they start on the 23rd? I'm not sure of dates. I just know I've just been sort of reading it and seeing it on social media feeds. I've been watching as much. I just yeah, I see it on Instagram and then I, it piques my interest, so I have a quick look into it. Yeah. To compare this to uh, Aussie trials, so Molly O'Callaghan went 52.48. Um, Emma went 52.52. So, um, you know, as I said, it's not a predictor of, but she's certainly yeah, – that's, that's yeah, pretty – Yeah, it's in a close race. Um, uh, is it Siobhan Hoyer or from yeah, Hong yeah, Kong? Yeah, 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 yeah. She won in 52-6 uh, in Rome. Um, Sarah Soestrom went 53-0 and uh, Sarah went 23-9, I think, for the 50. Um, so, yeah, so it's going to be, a, you know, I mean, we've been talking about the 400, but Women's Hunter Free is going to be a cracker. Mm. Yeah, throw a blanket over him in the end. It's going to come yeah. down to... As you, you wouldn't want to go 53 in the heat, put it that way. Yeah. Well, and, and you always talk about it too in terms of, you know, everyone wants to be a sprinter and you sort of always talk about, well, that's the hardest event there because you can't miss your start, you can't miss your underwater, you can't miss your turn, you can't miss your breakouts, you can't mess up the finish and, you know, just, I guess, fast-tracking to make in the final or even in that final. 
um, that's where it comes down to all those little fine points, right? If all the girls are hovering around those times, it's not so much who wants it more or who can swim faster, it's who executes better. Yeah, absolutely. The final thing I wanted to finish on, mate, was Caleb Dressel. Um, so, you know, for anyone who I guess doesn't know, I don't think he's he's been back in training that long. I think he maybe started back at the beginning of this year. Yeah. So he, I think he had a bit of a break. and But he went 49 in the 100 free and missed the final. Um, and mm. I guess for, for, you know, it's not a big deal, but when your name's Caleb Dressel, it's a big deal. Um, and I, I don't know, I don't, I haven't confirmed it. I was having a quick look around before, but I swear I saw somewhere that he might not have been swimming at world champs. Well, he won't be with 49, will he? No, well, he's not, I mean, he's not making it, but I think he's got other opportunities, obviously, this week. Um, and I, I do think he's maybe his 50 fly, he wasn't too bad off um, the time. I think it was okay. So maybe he's, he's the 50s, he's, he's still okay to go. So he might still make a team, but I, I just don't know if he was going to go. So my question, not so much about Bag and Caleb Dressel, because he's a champion and I'm sure over the next 12 months he'll, he'll build himself back up and I'm sure they've got a plan. Um, We've we've seen a few with Mirlak pull out um, of the world champs, and there's been a few sort of big names. Obviously, Adam Peaty's dealing with what you know he's going on with, so he's not going to that either. Um, do do you see this often as well in terms of okay, the Olympics is a year away. Um, I'm not probably in the best shape right now, so I'm not going to put myself on the biggest stage to to not be at my best. I'm going to pull back and spend the next 12 months getting myself right for the Olympics. So that's the higher priority. Do you see that and often? And is that a smart decision, do you think? Well, I think if you're, you know, that calibre of athlete like Caleb or Adam, yeah, he, they don't need to go for experience or anything, do they? Mm. So um, I, I think if you're at that end of your career with that amount of experience and success, <clears throat> I think you've got options. Um, uh, if you haven't, if you're not at that end of your career, you're either do you, uh, is it better not to go? And so the Olympics, everything's just completely brand new, and um, you, you go in being naive. Uh, probably the most uh, tried method is trying to get some experience at that level before you go to that Olympics, though. So, but, you know, with these older guys, these established guys who have won multiple medals at Olympics and Worlds and gold, um, I think it's not a problem. And if they're not 100%, why would you go? You, would, yeah. you wouldn't want to go and, you know, finish 8th or 16th or 12th, so... Yeah. Well, I, I guess more the question comes back to does, does this end up being, and not for these boys, obviously, um, but in general, is it, is it a, then a question of individual versus team mentality? Is Could people be sort of looked at as, oh, you're putting yourself before the team? Would some would a few of these boys, even less than 100%, be really good for relays and things like that? And does that make sense? So, um, yeah, with Adam Peaty, yeah. um, it'll have a bit of an effect, but he's not swimming well at the moment. So, yeah. uh, and they've got plenty of breaststrokers to, to fill his shoes. So, um, and the same with the US, you know, like all, all, all yeah, all it's doing is actually strengthening their, their, their next crop of swimmers. Yeah. So, um, can be a little bit different with us uh, in Australia. Um, in most of our events um but still having said that you know sure there's a team element to it but um you know i think you've got to you've got to think about what's best preparation for you for the following you know for the following 12 months yeah I, and i'm not saying that for these boys because obviously and you know having chatted to adam a few times i know how um much he loves racing for for Great Britain at the Olympics and stuff like that, and his team. So I know I know the team mentality is there for those two, but I just mean in general, you know, in general terms, you can quite often get caught up in what's best for your athlete versus what's best for the team. And mm. as coaches, sometimes we probably individually look at what's best for our athlete, um, and sort of you know not ignore or neglect, but that sort of gets a priority over the team and and then that team mentality. Would you say if it was an Olympic preparation, the thought would be different? Is it because it's the world champs it's thought of as maybe 
not as a bigger priority? Yeah, I, I would think so. So they've got, still got a bit of time to get things right. They're, for whatever reason, not quite 100%. You know, the, the, they've got a bit of leeway this mm, year. Mm. Oh, perfect. All right, well, we'll wrap it up here because I, I know you're a bit time poor today slash i started a bit later because i was used to just getting out of my bedroom and walking to the lounge room for the podcast and now now i'm traveling in yeah now i've got to navigate the traffic in the morning to get to to rockdale a great area rockdale um my the the office slash studio i'm sharing is next to so across from me shannon just to give you a bit of a guide is um a marriage celebrant um the the next office there is acupuncture and stuff which i'm not dealing with because I don't think I told you last time someone did acupuncture to me, I passed out. Um, so I'm not, I won't be dealing with any needles going into me at any time soon. Um, and then there's a translator down the, down the hallway and there's a few things going on here. So I'm probably going to be the loudest of all of them. So they've probably already got the shits with me. Um, well, just after a couple you, of days. <laughs> I'm glad to hear you're not in the red light district. Well, it had a bit of spice to it, that's for sure. <laughs> but no, 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 no red light district. Um, although I've noticed there's a, a fair few bloody massage parlours around here in Rockdale, so don't know what's going on. A lot of people obviously are you know, needing to be worked on around here. Um, but no, no, no. So we, we, we're, having a, we're having a good time here. And, and hopefully over the next few weeks and months, Shannon, we can get off the blocks swimming podcast going again and we can actually get people coming in and, uh, we can do face-to-face interviews and stuff like that, which would be awesome. Um, outside of that, what are you, what's on for the weekend for you? Uh, it's uh, Christmas in July in Canberra. So um, okay. I think it's a three-day type thing. that They yep. tried it for the first time last year. Um, I didn't go last year for some reason. I probably had a swim meet on or something. Um, might have been New South Wales uh, country. Yeah. And I think New South Wales country is on this week. So, yeah. Okay. So I'm not going to New South Wales country, so um, I'm going to Christmas in July instead. Oh, sounds nice. Um, what, what is it there, just festivities and food and? Yeah. Yeah, okay. all, all things European. So. Um, oh, you love that stuff. Yeah, so mulled wine yeah. and, you know. <laughs> That's right up your alley. As soon as you said all things European, I can just see the smile on your face. That's right up Shannon's alley. Um, yeah, well, but, you know, like you, how you were talking about US trials, and I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot they were in. <laughs> yeah. oh, but I knew the results in Rome. <laughs> exactly. Um, by the way, just before I forget, for anyone, uh, if you're in New South Wales, so um, to our loyal New South Wales listeners, uh, if you haven't already, um, get your tickets for the conference. That's uh, I think it's on next weekend. Um, it's on the eighth and the ninth. Um, some great speakers um, are going to be talking there. Um, Janelle Pallister, Sanders going to be having a chat as well. Shannon, um, yeah. Cameron, um, Gledhill from uh, Warringah. I think Alex Clark from uh, Reesby Workers. There's a few. Um, apologies if I miss. I think John Shaw's jumping up, and putting a spreadsheet on. So I think everyone's going to be on um, having a chat. Um, also the team dinner, uh, the the awards and the dinner, and I'm emceeing that, which is something I, you know, I just I said, okay, all right, let's do it. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for a, a good night. So if you haven't got your tickets already, um, jump on board, get them. I think if the podcast has taught us anything, it's that we should always be trying to learn and, and keep growing and um, listening to these great people talk. You're always going to pick up a couple of things. So, yeah. Have a have a look online or call New South New South New South Wales swimming. I don't know why I can't talk. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, get your tickets because I think it'll be a great weekend. I'm going to go um, definitely on the Saturday and, and then for the night as well. And my coaches are going, so uh, it'll be good. I know you've talked at a few of those things too, Shannon. It's always good, isn't it, to to get out there and learn a little bit more? Yeah. Well, now's the time to start thinking about you know the, the season ahead, and we've just finished. I know I've done a fair bit of work over the last two weeks of drilling down into the season and the prep and how I can tweak a few things. So, um, yeah, it's, it, the time from a timing point of view, it, it, it'll be a good one. 
Mm. Um, and the final congratulations goes to my phone's hotspot because today's today's episode's internet has been proudly brought to you by my phone's internet. So I didn't actually think my phone would be that powerful, but the whole we haven't had a stoppage. My 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 home internet kept stopping all the time, but today just off my phone has been brilliant. So well done to the to the iPhone uh, and the hotspot. So uh, it's been perfect. So Shannon, mate, have a good day. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your Christmas in July. Yeah. Um, good luck to all those swimming at the country championships over the weekend as well. And uh, for everyone else, have a great weekend. For anyone overseas, if you're in Europe right now, just enjoy the warm weather, please, for me, because I'm really jealous. I'd love to be – I know Shannon loves you. I'd love to just go over there too just for three weeks just to <laughs> just to get that warm weather, a couple of drinks, beautiful food over in Italy. I want to go to Italy. You probably – you want to go to Denmark or somewhere, don't you? Uh I'm not fussy. You're not fussy. <laughs> Just get me to Europe. <laughs> but, yeah, if you are listening from over there, enjoy it because, yeah, uh, winter over here. Not that I, I hate winter, but I'm, I'm jealous. I'd love to be over there for three weeks. So have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy yourselves, and we'll see you all again next week. Thanks, everyone. Today's episode of Off the Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you, as always, by Pro Swim Workouts. Nico and the team at Pro Swim Workouts have been supporters of the podcast from day one and continue to support the show and the coaching community more broadly with their platform, proswimworkouts.com. Head over to the website right now and become a member to receive all the exclusive content, whether it's programming, in and out of the water, thought-provoking articles, or even just sharing of ideas. It is a one-stop shop. And for all those just looking to browse, head over to prosumeworkouts.com to find free workouts, podcast tips, jobs available, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? I'll say it one more time. Head over to prosumeworkouts.com right now and let Nico know that Off The Block sent you.